Ashley Easter. And I'm Charlie Grantham, and you're listening to Serendipity, the podcast where we explore everyday magic all around us. I am super excited for this episode. I think I say that every time, but literally we talk about so many fun things. It's always yeah. <laughs> I've noticed that too. I noticed every time um, we start an episode, I'm like, I'm so excited. And I'm like, because I'll listen to the episodes after. I'm like, wow, I'm like just a very excited person, I guess. But <laughs> same, <laughs> I've same. also noticed I say, well, like I already knew that I say um a lot. It's been my number one law and like public speaking classes it's always like stop saying um but I'm like they should we should do like a game where it's like um take a shot every time Charlie says um but actually don't because you might get alcohol (laughs) oh my gosh oh my gosh but this really is going to be a fun episode um Mm. because we're going to be talking about what we would be in another life so like if we had multiple chances to live life and hey with the theory of reincarnation, maybe we do, maybe. Um, but <laughs> just kind of talking about like if we weren't doing the things that we do now, what what might we have gone into? What were other career paths? And Charlie, this is yeah. kind of your idea. Like, how did you come up with this? I think it's such a good idea. Well, I've been doing it for as long as I can remember, like just at least a few times a week. I'm like, ooh, I would do that in another life or like there's certain things that I've for years I've I've been obsessed with and I think about a lot. And then there's other things where I just learned about something new or I go to a new place and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And then I kind of like imagine myself doing it. It's just fun. And sometimes I'll be, I'll ask Nate, I'm like, what would you do in another life? And he's just like, I don't know. And I'm like, you don't think about this all the time. Like, it's like, like I think about it a lot because I just, I'm interested in so many things and so many things are just exciting to me. And so then I just, my imagination goes off and like, I think about what if I did this instead of what I do now? Like, what would that be like? I don't, I think it's just probably like my imagination from like, you know, I was a kid. My, I have one sibling. He's like six years older than me. So I like played a lot by myself. So maybe I have a lot of imagination, you know, like skills from when I was a kid. I don't know, but I just, I love doing this. I think this is such a fun game. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely had some ideas when you mentioned that I haven't actively like thought about that Mm -hmm. pretty much a lot of the things that I've wanted to try. I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll do that as well. And I start to have a bunch of things that I do. And then I'm like, oh yeah. my gosh, this is too many things. But there are <laughs> some things that I don't think I actually will pursue. But mm-hmm. I think it's super fun. Um, but maybe we should like talk about like what we do. Right. <laughs> right what now. we actually do now in reality. <laughs> right, right. So I do two things. Like I said, I couldn't choose. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And in those two things, there's a lot of different branches and stuff. So I first started out being an abuse survivor advocate, and I still do that work. Um, I have a nonprofit called Courage 365 for anybody who's not familiar. And so we do like weekly um, live stream shows. So we talk about abuse, healing, empowerment. I've done conferences and events. And then with that, I've been able to do some cool stuff like talking to press and media and doing events and rallies and protests and stuff. So that's, that was fun and cool. I mean, sadly, 
it's needed work. Like I wish it didn't have to be done, but I've, I've enjoyed being able to support people. But then as I started to have, like, I think I've had multiple spiritual awakenings in my life, which I think maybe that should be an episode we should talk about. Like, our yeah, that would be fun. Oh, I would love to do that. Yeah. 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 Cause I had like all the traditional awakening symptoms, but, um, in 2019, I started like looking at how maybe I wanted to pull away from some of the hardcore advocacy work where I was like directly working with victims and survivors and more like in the education route. So I started doing a program called Advocate Edge and did some coaching. And then from there, I found that my favorite module in that course was the intuition module which I've been studying intuition for years, but when everybody loved that module so much and I had so much fun teaching it, I was like, what if I just made that module like into its own course and like really dove a lot deeper? And so that's what I do as well as the nonprofit is I'm like an intuition coach and I coach people through how to understand the science and practice of intuition. And let me tell you, this is like a dream job. Whereas the advocacy stuff, I I feel so passionate about it because I care about people, but it's heavy work, like Mm -hmm. heavy work. And this intuition work, like it changes lives, but also super fun. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah. And I've benefited from your work with intuition, learning about intuition and I even said, like, I, I'm, um, I was telling Nate this morning, I, I have just become interested in avocados. I've never liked <laughs> avocados my whole life. I've been vegan for almost four years for the whole time. I was like this shameful thing, like, yes, I'm a vegan. I don't like avocados. Like, you know, <laughs> and, um, about like two months ago, I was like, you know, what? I've, I've read that you've had to try something like 14 times or something before oh. you really know if you like it or not. So I was like, let me just do it because avo- everybody loves avocados. Like, well, wh- why am I not loving it? And I love them now. Like, I'm obsessed. Like, I eat them almost every day. Like, I really do love them. And so normally Nate picks them out, though, because I really have no experience yeah, yeah. with picking out avocados. And um, he had tried to show me one time. So you look for this. And I'm just like, oh, it's like that TikTok where it's like somebody's talking. It's just like mum, like they're mumbling, like mumbo jumbo type stuff. And I'm just like, I don't know. Well, I went to the store by myself. Sunday and I was like I have to get avocados like oh my gosh and I'm sitting there looking at them like we're standing there and I'm just like I don't know what to do and so I was just like I'm just gonna just let my intuition pick because I'm like I don't I don't know and I picked like four avocados just like randomly but like Uh with my intuition and then um today this morning I was uh, asking Nate I was like so did I do a good job like are those okay and he was like oh they're great and I'm like ah because I didn't even like I had no (laughs) method to use you know like so yes I have used my you know the things you've taught with intuition now that seems like a small thing but in the moment when you're standing in the you know produce section and you're like starting to sweat because you're like I don't know you know it really was helpful because I enjoyed really delicious avocado toast this morning. Yeah. Um, thanks to that. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's practical for every area. Like, it can help you leave a cult, but it also helps with avocados. And right. You know, it's like, it's good for everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm kind of in like a transition period of life. Um, so, I am currently, I'm an insurance adjuster. It's technically my job. But um, I started that after graduating college in 2018 to support Nate and I while he was in physical therapy school. So 
it's a very temporary job. I'm, I probably won't be doing it much longer, only a few more months. Um, but I graduated with a bachelor's in sociology. Um, and for people who don't know, sociology is the scientific study of society. I am obsessed with sociology. It's like the love of my life. Um, and I'm specifically interested in medical sociology and public health. And so um, I'm going to be going back to school for my master's of public health. And then eventually I want to do a um, PhD in either sociology or public health, but probably sociology um, and just kind of like use all those skills and theories in practice in like the real world. So that's wow. kind of what I do. Like I'm really kind of my in the in between, I guess, right now. Yeah. So that's like, that's like helping shape society in a positive direction. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that yeah. is the, like, I know we've kind of talked about your job, but I, and like your career pursuits, but I, I don't know if I've ever heard you explain it that way before. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious, like, what would that, what could that look like practically? Like what kind of field will you probably go into or your options? So I'm really interested in gender and healthcare, um, specifically maternal healthcare yeah. um, and women's healthcare. So I'm not exactly sure. That's really, I'm interested in that. I'm also interested in like food and nutrition from a public health standpoint and like food desert. So there's like yes. a food desert, it's like a neighborhood that they may only have um, like within the neighborhood itself or community, they'll have like a dollar general, which doesn't mm -hmm. have things like produce um, and can have like things that actually increase people's risk for getting certain chronic illnesses and stuff. Right. Um, so I'm really interested in that too. Um, but if you ask, say anything that's related to public health, I will tell you I'm interested in it. So that's kind of like anything about sociology. I'm like, oh, maybe I want to work like with the environment. Maybe I want to work with women. But you know, that's kind of, that's how we met is through feminism. And yeah. that is my number one passion, I think, is um, women and gender studies. So I probably will. It's like the one thing I always come back to, even if I start veering off and I get interested in something else, I somehow bring it back to something about gender. So that's, it'll, it'll be probably something with um, women's healthcare. That's awesome. Like that, that is world changing stuff. Like, you know, systems run the world. And so if you can help influence systems and adjust systems, then that has like ripple effects through the entire society. So I, I love that. Like I've never, like I said, heard you talk about all of those things, but that, that makes me even, it makes me love you more. And I didn't think I would love you so much. But like, it's kind of like we, you were saying, like, you just, you love the intuition job. You, you have are really passionate about people and helping people with your advocacy work. And that's how I feel about sociology and public health. It's just something I'm, I can't imagine my life without it. So that's why it's kind of fun to do this. What would you be in another life? Because it's right. like, I could do these other things technically, but right. I also like, I can't because I have to do this other thing, you know, like it's just kind of who part of who I am. Um, but I'm still interested in these other things. So it's fun to pretend and imagine like what it would be like, like doing yeah, something else. Absolutely. Well, Hey, let's get into like what, I don't know, almost like alternate realities. Like what will we do in another life if we had that opportunity? Um, I want to hear what, what you might do since you've okay. been thinking about this since childhood. I'm sure you got some good ones. For my whole life. <laughs> Okay, so my number one that I, the one that I think about the most and um, for the longest probably is in another life, I would be a librarian. Uh -huh. So 
Uh, and except, I mean, I could do this still in my life. In fact, I've told Nate, like, I've thought about like retiring from public health at like 60 years old and then just getting a master's of library science and then just working in a library till I die. Like I have thought about that. Like it's a serious, you know, consideration, but every time I'm in a library, I'm like, I want to be a librarian every single time. Like it doesn't matter what library I'm just like, I'm obsessed. I'm always happy when I'm in a library. I feel like, like a warm feeling. And then there's also this like excitement because it's just like all of these books with all this information. And I love that aspect of it. And then like, I also really like the aesthetic of it. So like the smell of the books and the clicking of the keyboards and how it's just always this, like, I feel like libraries are usually like kind of cool temperature wise. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I love that and the quietness of it. Like I, I really like the quietness Um, and also like the community aspect of it. I think that's a big thing too, because I feel like it's a really big, place for um like even like social change and then acceptance it's libraries are generally welcoming places because it's like a promotion of knowledge and learning um and so I think that's why I like it too because you can just go up to the bulletin board and look at like the different things that are happening in the community and then also like they usually give free events and classes at the library which I think is so cool and so important you know, within communities to offer just things like how to use Microsoft Word or how to use Excel or how to like typing classes, things like that um, for free, which is just so cool. And so I don't know, I just love like everything about a library. I would love it, like coordinating events and helping people like learn about new things. And then also like librarians are just really cool. I feel like I even like the typical librarian, like how they dress. I feel like it's usually like a cozy type of cute, like I and I love being comfortable. So like, you know, if I get like a cardigan and some flat, you know, shoes, like I'm like feel great. And I feel like that's how most time librarians dress. And um, but they know so much and they're like so undervalued because I feel like they know so much about so many things. And they also like they know so much about finding resources like I know specifically like on college campuses librarians can really help you research a topic and you know find out things for your papers and stuff like that and so I feel like a lot of it also comes from me just like admiring librarians like kind of like you know you like a little kid like sees like their favorite singer or whatever and so they want to be a singer because they want to be like like that's how I am with librarians like I see a librarian I'm just like I want to be like them (laughs) That's adorable. And I met a, such a cool librarian. She um, she was telling me, I, and I feel like this goes along with your sociology um, mm. thoughts, because she was saying how, you know, she has helped child marriage survivors who come to the library oh, because wow. they have so many kids and they're in like a domestic violence situation. And that's like the only safe place that they're able to go. And so yeah. she's been able to give them resources. And then she's been trained on how to help people with overdoses and mm-hmm. all those kinds of things. And so as a kid, my idea of a librarian was kind of boring, but now like that I'm hearing you talk about it, like they're pretty cool. I could totally yeah. see you doing like all of that kind of stuff. That that's They're pretty cool badass. Stuff. Like, I mean, they honestly, are. and it, it really is. I think that's a huge part of it. It's just like, it is a welcoming space. It's generally a safe space um, for anyone. And that's so cool. I love that story about, about the person you're talking, like, that's just that. And, and I feel like it just, it's not just them 
checking out books for people and putting books up. It's just such a bigger right. job description that I don't even know if you could describe everything that they do or that they can do under just like one job description. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, so that that's my number one. Um, number one, because I think about that one a lot. <laughs> Another one is a paleontologist. So Ooh. like just studying fossils, dinosaurs specifically. Um, I'm obsessed with dinosaurs. I don't know if I always have been. I think to an extent, like I loved those cartoons, like as a kid, it was like the land before time. And it's yes. just like about dinosaurs. I, I loved those. Um, but I think being interested in like fossils and stuff, probably started more so in college, the more I went to like museums and stuff. Um, they're just so cool. Like dinosaurs are just so cool, especially if you can see like the life size version because I know in Houston where we lived they had like a huge dinosaur exhibit where it they recreated they had some real fossils and then some that they just recreated the actual size of what the dinosaur would be and it's like wow. mind-blowing and so it's so cool and like plants and just fossils in general like it's just it's so cool like I I just love seeing and learning about that type of stuff and also I feel like it um it kind of goes hand in hand with the librarian thing. I feel like a lot of my things are like, I just love learning stuff. And so <laughs> like, I think paleontologists really promote like knowledge and information, especially about something that happened so long ago. It's kind of almost like when you think about the animals that used to exist, it's almost like, oh my gosh, like how, um, how was this not like a sci-fi movie? Like, cause that's what it like, especially if you watch like sci-fi movies like I mean I'm sure it's a little different but you know it's cool and I was so excited my um sister-in-law told me a few months ago that my two-year-old nephew was his new thing was dinosaurs and I'm like okay like most kids like dinosaurs but I was just so excited we got him like all dinosaur stuff for his birthday because I'm like I'm totally gonna encourage this like because I, it's just I don't know it's just kind of a thing I'm interested in just for the fact that it's so cool and I feel like I didn't learn that much about dinosaurs and fossils as a kid or in high school like they didn't talk about it right that much um which I don't I don't really know why I mean I went to a Catholic high school that could have had something to do with it but um it's just interesting and it's very new to me still and it's always my favorite section of a like natural science museum the mm -hmm. dinosaur or fossil section and then I put with this I had to like we said we were going to talk about three things each and I like added another one to this because I just have so many yeah. um so I added because it goes along with this so also a marine biologist mm. I've always loved the ocean and like I've always loved the beach not in like a typical way like I don't really like to go out like in my bathing suit and like lay in the sand and the sun and then swim a little like I don't love that because I'm not like a fan of the sun like I don't know I just don't handle heat well um but like the beach in the cold like oh my gosh like a cold huh. beach if it's like 40 degrees out I love to go to the beach like all bundled up yes and I love like ocean life um we were talking about it earlier but like I got really into just this week um this documentary called my octopus teacher and now I'm obsessed with like octopi um like I'm like they're just so cool we were talking about that too like you love them too because ocean life is just so fascinating because it feels like it's a different world like it really seems like a different planet almost when you learn more about it 
But what I've been learning is that it's actually like we're more similar to marine life than we think. Um, and that's why I've been learning about the octopus. Like they are so smart and they, they do these things that are actually kind of similar to us. And so I don't know, I'm just, that's the same. It goes hand in hand with the paleontologist. Like, it's just something I'm fascinated with that I don't feel like I know like a ton about, but I would just love, like, I would love to dive and learn about different, like plants and animals and just like different things about like the ocean. I'm just like obsessed. I love that. That sounds amazing. Yes. And my last one, I do, I like have, like, I have 10 I could share, but this will be my last one (laughs) is I would love to be a journalist. Um, Also, I feel like it kind of goes hand in hand with everything else I've said, but I love writing and I love like investigating things. Um, I love reading opinion pieces like on the Washington Post. Um, I just, I love, especially like ones that are about like gender and whatever like I love reading opinion pieces and then I love the idea of like interviewing people and then like getting to the bottom of something right um so any type of like documentary or like that I don't know if you've seen it but it's a documentary called spotlight yes Um, yes yeah and I'm like when I watch it I'm like I'm gonna be a journalist like that's what I um you know think in my head because it's just it's a really cool idea to be able to investigate something and get to the bottom of it and also it has the writing involved which I love writing and so that's just another thing I'm just and also I feel like a lot of journalists at least previously I don't know if they still do as much but like the traveling component Mm -hmm. of being a journalist like like world news global news um that's just fine because I like to travel so like if you could travel for work it's just it sounds really cool to me I, I love all of these things for you, and I'm, like, picking up two, like, threads that go all the way through it. So, number one, like, the most obvious one is, like, your hunger for learning and, like, diving deep and getting to the bottom of things. So, whether that's librarian, whether literally getting to the bottom of things in the ocean, <laughs> <laughs> journalism, and then what you're doing with sociology, um, I think that, like, it's so interesting how even in these different things you would consider doing, like your personality still comes out. I love how it's all very community-based. And so whether it's looking at the sociology of like observing a community or whether it's in a library, fostering a community of education, mm-hmm. um, investigating different communities with the uh, journalism, and even with like the the marine biology and the paleontologists, like that's sort of discovering, you know, animal communities and under, I don't know. So I just see those threads coming through all of it and um, information and community that just seems to be like, like discovering community maybe. And I I just love that seeing that facet of your personality like shine through yeah I'm I've gotten more into just appreciating community and really like more interested in valuing it and it ties in like we always say with our quantum physics episode when I talked about the universal Christ once I started really learning more about how like we're all connected right um, and how much we need each other and it's just I've been just like I need community. Like I just need it. I want it so bad. Mm-hmm. Like I just want. So um yeah, I could definitely see 
I see that a lot in me. Like I, it's something I've been noticing more and more, especially after reading that book, um, because it just made me realize even with animals, like the ocean communities, um, just how like interconnected we are. That's, that's really cool. I love that. I learned so many new things about you. This is <laughs> fun. I love this game. <laughs> I can't wait to hear yours. Yeah, so I was thinking last night, and I hadn't put as much thought into this as you have from childhood, <laughs> but I was like, I love this idea. So um, I think probably the common thread you will see in mine is that I am, my astrological sign is a Leo, so I really like to be <laughs> in front of people and have uh. stage. Um, so like the first one, I, I don't necessarily even follow Paris Hilton that much, but I watched a documentary about her, and basically she's just like this rich socialite who has like an amazing Instagram thing, and she runs all these businesses, mm -hmm. and she's just very visible, and I think that would be so much fun to be like a celebrity, and maybe not even a celebrity that had a particular talent. <laughs> I think she's a smart woman. I think she is because she has all these businesses. But, like, to have, I, I like to be seen. Like, that's fun for me. And so having, like, all those followers and then to have, like, the photo shoots and people to be always taking pictures of you and go to fancy yeah. parties and, like, have money to spend on all kinds of, like, clothes and things um, and have other people design stuff for you. Like, that's my biggest thing with fashion is because I grew up homeschooled. Like, I have a terrible sense of fashion, like, seriously. <laughs> really I think you always so look so cute. <laughs> well, it's because I, I'm not the genesis of my outfits usually. <laughs> or I get a dress because I don't have to think of like what to match the top and bottom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> like it's yeah, just, I'll do that too. <laughs> <laughs> but literally like, will we, he and I talk about this sometimes like, um, he gave me the safe place to like learn and grow after I left the cult, but also like allowed me to fail because I was like never allowed to fail growing up uh, or it was like, oh, was so bad. And so mm -hmm. one of my failures was like really a lot of my clothes in the beginning. Like they just, they were pretty bad. Still had the, you know, isolated homeschooler vibe to them. Aww. And he let me fail in that area for like, I don't know, three years and finally he's like, babe, if you want to hire somebody to, like, help you get clothes. And I was like, you mean that was an option all this time? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I loved that experience of somebody picking out clothes for me. So I think being, like, a celebrity where other people help style you and I like getting my pictures taken, like, that would be yeah so much fun. Uh, I could see you having your own reality show because I think, I think Paris Hilton, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure they had a, like the Hiltons had a reality yeah, show. Yeah. And I know they're friends with the Kardashians who have right. a reality show, which I'm like obsessed with watching up. <laughs> it's like, I would say it's a guilty pleasure, but I really don't feel guilty when I watch it. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I could see you having like your own reality show. Like, oh, that would be so fun. I, I would love that because I like to talk. I like to make people laugh. I like to make people feel things. So that mm -hmm. would be fun for me. Um, my number two, this is not actually reality that I want. This is like a reality that I almost had, like super close. Um, so some people don't know this about me, but I was actually engaged before and it was like a toxic relationship, like legit toxic. Um, 
but the plan was basically I was in this really patriarchal cult and I was going to be like a stay-at-home mom we were going to have like 10 children and homeschool all of them and I was just going to be like a homemaker and like a blogger about patriarchy which I kind of did growing up and I kind of had it all planned out and there was like a certain vibe to it and then I realized how toxic it was but sometimes like when I'm like I feel like such a totally different person um, now from who I am but I'll think back to like what would my life be like if I chose that path like I broke off the engagement thankfully but I could still be living in that same community going to that same church like some like if I had gotten married when I was 21 and if we'd start having kids like I could have five or six kids by now oh my if gosh. I had lived that life, you know? And, and we wouldn't be friends. Like, no. we wouldn't have, you wouldn't have your business. Yeah. And, like, I just – sometimes I think about that and just, like, how weird. What like, I, I almost don't recognize myself as having been a person who – thought I wanted that and it was more like mm -hmm. ingrained in me from the cult to to want that but sometimes I just right. think back when I'm like enjoying my life a little bit I'm like this could be totally different <laughs> I'm really glad that it's yeah. not um yeah and I like how you included this one because I feel like it's a like good message to show that you can change your reality yeah. like even though it, it was really difficult and hard to go through like nail you because you took the steps to do that you have your soulmate will like who yeah. I mean that's crazy to think of you without will you know like I know like it's just like Ashley and will just go together you know like I can't imagine knowing you without him not to say that you know I mean you're your own person without him but right, still it's right. like it's just like it's part of my life yeah and like I don't know just so many things that you've taught me and you've changed so many people's lives like that they would have really missed out had this gone the other way. So I feel like it's a good message to show that you can change. I know that not everyone can, um, or it's harder, um, you know, and I know it was hard for you too, but I think that's a good message to show that you can change where you think you're going, where you've been set up to go by whatever environment you're in. You can change it even, even if it's really difficult and hard and kind of make your life you know, your own and how you want to make it. So yeah, I love yeah. that you shared that. Definitely. And like one more thing on that. Um, I remember I had, I guess it was like an intuitive download when I was starting to question all the beliefs and stuff from the cult that I grew up in. And I had this download of like, I had, I didn't know who I was anymore after I was like, this isn't working. I don't want this. I don't know what to do in my life. And I took it as a moment of when I think I even wrote this in like a blog post at one point way back in the day. It was like, when you don't know who you are, it's your opportunity to create who you want to be. And so mm -hmm. just knowing that like, if you ever get to a point where you don't know who you are or you don't like who you are, like you don't have to stay that way if you don't want to. Like you literally can decide, these are my goals, this is what I want. And like, you can create your own reality in many cases. There's exceptions to every rule, but. Okay, so number three, is I think I would be a dancer on a cruise ship. Um, <laughs> okay, I, I can't. I saw this in the notes, and I was like, I need to hear more of this. Like, this sounds <laughs> awesome. 
I freaking love cruises. Like I've been on two and Will mm-hmm. and I are planning one probably for this fall. And like every time I get on a cruise ship, I'm like, I don't want to leave this place. Like it's like a floating hotel. Uh-huh. Um, great restaurants. You're always like trying, you know, new places and going to different ports. And I was thinking like, it would be so much fun to um, like work on a cruise ship like that. And yeah. I don't think that I would want to be like a waitress or something on the cruise ship because I am so dyslexic. I'm sure I would get people's order wrong and it would be like miserable for me <laughs> to remember. Because <laughs> on cruise ships, like people's orders are like, you know, you have like the same waiter or waitress every time mm-hmm. and they remember everything about you. And I, I just couldn't do that, but I was like, I've always wished I was a good dancer and I love seeing like the shows and the theatrics on the ship. And so like you could like go to the beach during the day and then come back for your like nine o'clock show and like dance. And again, like I like to be seen and you know, you're like a celebrity Uh on the ship when you come out and everybody wants your autograph and pictures with you. And I just think that would be so much fun. It does. It sounds fun because you're also like you're working, but you can also vacation you know, during the day when you're not doing your um, show, you can like go to the beach or like go wherever, you know, the stop is. Yeah. And I've, I've seen this um, documentary about a woman and there's several people who do this, a woman who was like retirement age. And instead of paying for living in a retirement community, she is using that money and she's just like perpetually on a cruise ship like forever. Oh, that's cool. And so they, they've got the medical stuff, they've got the food, the dancing. And I'm like, that's probably actually how I will do it. It's like retirement, yeah. live on a cruise ship instead of retirement facilities. So. Oh, that's so cool. I feel like cruise ships have really good shows too. Like they're ne- it's never like someone famous, it's, it's, but it's so good. Like the, even right. their comedy shows. Yeah. Um, I, because I've been on a few cruises and there was one that they did um, where it was an outdoor one, like at the pool, and it was an ABBA night. Do you know who ABBA is? No. They're, they're a, okay, they're like one of my favorite bands. They're this band from like the 70s. Uh-huh. You probably would know. Have you heard of the movie Mamma Mia or the play? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's all ABBA songs. The like okay. they wrote that like with their songs. And oh, so. Cool. They did like an ABBA night and it was all outside, but it was like, you could be in the pool and they had like dancing and singing and it was just so fun. It's like one of my favorite memories of my life. So like, it would be really fun to like be a part of the crew. Yeah. Puts that on because like you're helping people create memories too, like with their families and their loved ones and to just, cause it's something I think about a lot. Like I, I even remember the first cruise I went on, I remember the cruise ship event director and I remember thinking oh that's a cool job like maybe I want to do that in another life like because it's just it's so cool to like be traveling like that and you get to meet Mm -hmm. so many new people all the time right yeah no I I just I think that would be fun and um yeah I just I wish that I was a better dancer like I like to dance a lot like I love dancing but Mm -hmm. I don't really have a lot of rhythm but if I could (laughs) have rhythm that's where I'd want to be a dancer, not with like a ballet company that's like in Europe. Like, I don't care about that. But yeah, yeah like the fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's so um, cool. I love that. Yeah, I can definitely see how you love to be like, you know, the center of intention. And that's not bad. That's actually a really good quality because <laughs> like some people have a really hard time 
talking like some people I know can't even imagine talking like this on the podcast like we do and so it's a really good skill to be able to enjoy being the center of attention because I think it really helped in your advocacy work clearly you know with your public speaking and the conferences and so forth um and your interviews that you do every week with the courage 365 like you're so good at it but also with your intuition because you do have to like put yourself out there you know because people um you know people want to like get to know you before you know Mm -hmm. they sign on and I you're just so good at it like me and Nate are saying all the time like Ashley's just so good at speaking like (laughs) that's really sweet well, I, I love getting that energy of a reaction from an audience or from people. Like, I like to make people feel things. Like, if I can mm-hmm. make people laugh, like, I know I'm making them feel good, but that just makes me feel good that they're feeling good or to, like, have a new concept that's not just, like, heady knowledge, but, like, oh, wow, this is a problem in the world, and now I feel yeah. it in my body how it's a problem, so I'm going to create change. So I, I love creating, like, that reaction in people, something that they feel, and then mm-hmm. when I see them feeling that, that like gives me like a boost of energy. It's like this reciprocal thing. And so I know it's yeah. not for everybody, but like I, I have fun with those things. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well this, this is, is a great episode. I, I love your idea of doing this, Charlie. Like I never would have thought to have this as an episode, but yeah, good call on this one. <laughs> and I would love to hear if anyone's listening and has thought about this, like, I would love to hear people's stories, like what you do, but then what do you sometimes think about if you had another life, like what would you do? Cause it's really fascinating to, um, to, cause I would have never guessed that you would say like a Paris Hilton type of celebrity, you know, like I, and so it's really interesting to hear like what people think about. Cause I think it kind of just shows like different interests and it brings out different parts of people's personality. So if you have something you think about often, or if this episode has sparked something in your brain, like I want to hear what you do now. And then what is that you would do in another life? Cause I'm just fascinated and interested in it. Yeah, definitely tell us. Cause we, we love that stuff. We love that stuff. And so yeah, what you do now and then what you would do and mm-hmm. yes, please share, please share. Um, well, we've got a serendipitous story for the week. I'm going to share one and Charlie, I think I'm going to do a little different one than we talked about. Um, okay. because yeah, I don't know. I'm just feeling called to share a different story. So I have been researching, um, like my family line and my history and all those kinds of things. I think maybe I might've mentioned on a previous podcast that I went to a Scottish festival to kind of learn more about my Scottish ancestry and stuff. And then also I had kind of this spiritual awakening type thing. Like I'd had multiple awakenings. One was like awakening out of the cult. And then this awakening was more around, um, kind of like stepping into less religion-y boxes and more into like the quantum physics stuff. Mm -hmm. And one of the first, um, experiences of that was there was a woman I met at an event and she did card readings and I never had a card reading before. And I was super scared about it. Um, and she was doing them live at the event and I was too shy to ask for a reading and I was still like nervous about it, but we connected after the event and I was like, would you mind giving me a card reading? And she's like, yeah, absolutely. And she had an Oracle card deck and it was the Isis deck. So like, um, the goddess Isis, not the terrorist group. (laughs) (laughs) Just to (laughs) clarify. (laughs) 
but she was like this beautiful Egyptian goddess who was very powerful. There's a lot of archetypes of her um, all over the world and like other goddesses from other religions are often based off of her. Like even um, Mary, mother of Jesus. Um, when you look at that mythology and the mythology of Isis, like there's super similarities between them and like also Mary Magdalene. So mm. I've been really interested in that. Um, but because it was a like a goddess, and I didn't really know about goddess archetypes, I thought they were more like people that modern day people were supposed to quote unquote worship, which I'm sure there's some people who do. But so she pulled these Isis cards and then she told me like I should you know, look into ISIS more, and I was kind of afraid about it, so I just, like, let it be, and this was probably 2018, maybe, um, but I've continued to have, like, different things about ISIS pop up, and as I was looking into my family history, um, in Scotland, Scotland, according to the myth, is called Scotland because of Queen Skoda, who was an Egyptian queen, and she had some connections to Isis. And so I started looking at it again. And then I was on this beach trip with some girlfriends um, last week, and we were checking out different metaphysical shops. And one of these metaphysical shops had an Isis statue. And I have sort of like a little um, altar thing where I put my crystals and candles and stuff. And I was like, this would be perfect for that. And my gut was just like, I really feel drawn. Um, to this statue. So I'm going to buy this statue of Isis. And then we went to a completely different metaphysical store on a different day. And there was another lady doing card readings. And my friend and I were like, well, let's get a card reading. That would be fun. And, you know, it was on the spot. She had no time to like Google us or anything like that. And whenever I get a card reading, I'm always like, I keep details close to the vest because I want to see how good they are. Right, <laughs> like, uh-huh. I, don't I just ask like very direct questions with no details and asked her questions about this and that. And then I said, um, so what's the Egypt thing? And she's like, what? And I'm like, something about Egypt just keeps coming up. I want you to, you know, ask the cards, like, what's the Egypt thing about? And she read the cards and she started doing this channeling. And all of a sudden she started describing this Egyptian goddess and she was like, so, you know, I think one of your guys is maybe Isis. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. I, you know, I don't know what it's all about. I'm still discovering it. But it's just so interesting how my first card reading, somebody used an Isis deck, and I was nervous about it. And then I saw, like, some connections in my family history um, to that mythology. And then I bought that statue. And then with literally no other prompt except for what's the Egypt thing and there's like uh-huh. tons of Egyptian gods that she brought up Isis again and I was just like right. ah! <laughs> so, that is so cool <laughs> especially because it happened over time like it was like you, the first one was in 2018 right, right. so that's yeah. three years times I almost had two because I'm like I thought we were still in 2020 but no <laughs> 2021 like it's three yeah. years time like that's really cool especially that I like how you didn't specifically ask about that goddess like you said the Egypt thing and that's what was brought up and she it seems like she was just like I don't know why but it's saying and you're like okay this makes total sense did you tell her after Uh, after I did I was like literally yesterday I just bought a little statue of her (laughs) 
What did she say? She was a little mind blown too, I think. That's so cool. I love that. Um, so yeah, oh my I gosh. don't know what it all means yet, but I was like, this this needs something. So. Yeah, like there's a connection yeah. somewhere. That's really cool though. And I didn't know that about Scotland being named after, what's the queen's name, Skoda? Yeah, Queen Skoda, and there's like a grave site of Queen Skoda. She was like fled Egypt with her husband and they went to, I think it was like Rome and Greece. And then they went to Scotland and then supposedly Scotland was named after her. And she was also in, I think, Ireland a little bit. Um, oh, cool. And, you know, there's debate out as to whether this is just mythology or whether it's um, an actual historical person. But there is a grave that's supposed to be hers. So it's interesting. Yeah. That's so cool. I did. I had no clue. Like I had, I never have heard of that. So that's awesome. That's, I love that story. Oh, you'll have to update us if more things happen. Yeah. Because, like, I'll let you know. Cause I don't know what it means yet. And I'm not sure if like the whole thing about her being like a guy, like I, I think of it more in like archetypes and mythology than like an actual person. So yeah. I'm kind of feeling into what it means and what, mm. what I'm supposed to be picking up from this, but it's fascinating. <laughs> yeah that's so cool well oh, wow. we want to hear your stories um if you have any type of serendipitous story any kind of woo-woo story um I mean just take a look at our last few episodes it could be about anything seeing signs from loved ones ghosts um I mean we we just want it all so you can email us at pod.serendipity at gmail.com or you can follow us on Instagram at serendipity.pod and send us a DM with your story. You can send us an audio message and we might play the clip on the show because we just love hearing um, any type of serendipitous or woo-woo stories. It just makes us happy. Yes, absolutely. And don't forget to you know leave us a review because we've got a special gift for you if you do that. Five stars are preferable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, but yeah, thanks for tuning in. And next week we are going to be talking about imposter syndrome. So taking like a sharp, right turn into mm -hmm. something a little bit different, but I think it's going to be super impactful. So make sure you tune in for next week's show. Yeah. Love you all. Bye. Bye.